For all of you who listen to Submersion and own an Android device, go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I personally use the app and I love it. I can search for the podcast I want to listen to, select it as a favorite, and have it just a click away. Make sure to select Submersion as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. Episode 85! Woo! Yay. Oh. Yes. That was, that was playful. Very exciting. It was very <laughs> playful. <laughs> Yay! Oh, yeah. I'm excited for this, this one. This is getting super weird now. What? I don't know what's going on <laughs> over there. Oh, oh, I thought you meant the movies we're watching, because that's also getting super strange. Agreed. Yeah, where are we at strange. right now? What, 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 what's oh, it's Jamie what's month. The theme? We're oh, still in okay. Jamie's movie month. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. And you know what to expect when we're watching a Jamie movie. Oh yeah, they suck. They suck. I yeah, mean, except like, for last week, Operation Delta Force Two was quite good. I enjoyed that one. A surprising diamond in the rough. Right. This week, I'm not going to spoil it, but let's just say return, return to form. <laughs> return to form. Yeah. Right good back Lord. at it. So, yeah. um, so Zach, needless to say, I am uh, a little more excited for your upcoming movie month. I think that's got wh- some what's that really again? great potential. What's that again, Kyle? Go, 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 Godzilla. Yeah, I thought for sure you're going to play like a sound clip there of, of uh, Godzilla. Had I been prepared, uh, I didn't know we were going to, you know, kind of plug that in this early as a teaser. I would have had one ready, but in the future, I will. All right, good. You got to be on that because that's your month and you got to, you know, it's time to like really own it. You Sell know? it. Yep. That's just, just like yeah. how I'm really owning and selling Jamie movie month. I'll start, I'll buy some, uh, I'll buy some ad time on some of the other top podcasts so we can, you know, plug it that way. Good call. Maybe like, I know a lot of Blu-rays and stuff when you buy them, they have like, some of them have like Blu-ray live, like an ad. Maybe you can get that for Godzilla movies. For our podcast, Mac East, yeah, Studios. Yes, do that. I'll do that. Uh, Also, (laughs) one thing I want to bring up is we do see reviews that people give us. And I know at the end of every episode, we always ask for reviews if you like it. And I just want to say shout out to Fish (laughs) and Water. Yeah, don't give us bad reviews. Uh, (laughs) Shout out to Fish and Water on Stitcher. We do see those. We do appreciate it. And uh, thank you for listening. And that being said, I don't know. We probably shouldn't keep these guys waiting any longer, should we? I don't know. Dive, 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 dive. What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, Alex the Mustard Man, the artist formerly known as Brom, Jamie the Ointment, Kyle El Capitan, and Zach the Backbone present Submersion. Um, I know everyone was super excited last week. We finally kind of dove into that Operation Delta Force series, the franchise that everyone knows and loves. And we give the people what they want. So for the next and not quite final entry in the Jamie movie month, uh, we are going to follow up Operation Delta Force 2 colon Mayday with Operation Delta Force 3 colon Clear Target. We did. And 
I got to say, coming off of Operation Delta Force 2, I had fairly high hopes. Yeah, sky high. Like, sky high hopes at this ooh, point. You know, that movie was surprisingly watchable, I think is right. the term I used. And the first one, I would say the first one was more, I mean, it, it, it kind of took itself more seriously than the second one. So it wasn't as like exciting, but it was still like a, a pretty good and surprisingly good movie from, from my point of view, just from what was I, ex- I was expecting for a franchise that literally no one knows about anymore. The only people who know about it are people who scour 2B TV, TV at this point, not a sponsor. So we, what's that? I was going to say, are we thinking, I know I, I did miss the second one I missed last week, but are we thinking reboot remake at some point about this or not? Um, I think they've, I, I think there's just like a lot of franchises that have more or less rebooted this. It's a formula and I don't think necessarily you need to reboot this exact entity, but I do think there's room out there for a lot of movies like this and they need to get back to what they did back in the nineties and get, get some of those practical effects going, get those explosions going. Don't be afraid to have a bad guy kind of like munching up the screen, really, really chewing on that scenery um because that's the best that's literally the best part of the second one made it much better than the first one and then spoiler alert the really the only good thing about the third one in my opinion is was one of the bad guys in this one so i was in this one i know which one you're talking about because the other one is he's present but i mean not really right not really important and so zach when you talk about a reboot for this type of thing one of the things that we'd actually mentioned on the last one is these movies actually kind of reminded us well i mean granted this movie came out much later but hunter killer is like a very similar feel yeah but much like much larger budget more well done but uh similar type feel to operation delta force 2 colon mayday probably yeah. didn't get that vibe from this one but uh no. yeah no. Well, this this one's a this one's a pretty you know clear target. So right, sure. Oh, <laughs> he's here all night, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, uh, yeah. So then uh, there's still two more to go in the series. Uh, I have not yet jumped into them to find out if they're submarines. So this very well may, may may be our last Operation Delta Force movie we get to watch for a while. Yeah, yeah. Until they make another one, which has a submarine. I guess until we bring it back. Until there's so much demand because of this podcast, because right. all you listeners are out there like, I need more Operation Delta Force. Uh, write your senator, you know, see if they can get it to come back. And if we get enough feedback, you know, maybe we'll start a GoFundMe. Um, I don't know how much a movie costs nowadays, but we could probably shoot a, what, the sixth movie for about, I don't know, 500 bucks? No, you need more than that. $60,000. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Cool, cool, cool. That we'll get that done. All right, should we get should we get into this? I think we probably should. Let's people, go. Come, people come here for the show, not yeah. for you know this yammering. Did you want to? Should we talk a little bit about who was in this and and what what this movie was all about, or is this not important because no one is in this movie? Uh, there's literally no one that anyone will ever recognize in this movie, and I don't what think is so, going yeah. on is not always clear at all times. So I don't know that it really matters. Yeah, so Mark, like Mark Roper was the director of this one. I don't know who that is. Jim Fitzpatrick is now the star of it. Who the hell is oh, that guy? Oh, that is well, um, think, Ryan Fitzpatrick's father. Oh, G- really? Wow. When I was looking at stuff online about this movie, people, at least in the reviews, people, the people that took the time to write the review on this movie, so I got that saying something, but 
I mean, they were like excited that Jim Fitzpatrick was in this. So there's a there's a population out there that are some big Jim Fitzpatrick fans. Well, what's he what's he known for? I'm pulling. Well, according to IMDb.com, he is known for Armageddon, the Wait, Code of what? Conspiracy, Soulmates, and Star Trek Enterprise. Who was he in? Was he one of the? Oh, he was a NORAD technician. Fuck that. He's nobody in that one. <laughs> but Commander Williams in Star Trek dude. Enterprise He's seems somebody. big. Does seem somewhat yeah. big. He was there for a number of episodes and a number of years. It says he was in a whole four episodes. So that's pretty good. So More than I've been in. Sorry. I apologize to Ryan Fitzpatrick's dad, uh, Jim Fitzmagic. And then the only other only person I do kind of recognize. He's also in Dolphin Tale. Come on. Well, uh, uh. The, only, the only person I do recognize is Greg Collins, who was the guy who kind of like almost dies at the end. Um, he's like the big kind of bulky guy. Uh, you, you would recognize it. Like he actually had a name in Armageddon. He was Halsey in that one. Um, he was Private Gamble in The Rock. Like he is he is kind of a recognizable oh. uh, uh, character actor. And then he actually takes over. He, he becomes Skip Lang in the fourth one. So he's Skip no Lang way. in the fourth and fifth entries of the of the series. Well, so they just kind of cool. they kind of do a little switcheroo with this with the character work. Anyways, I think we should probably get into it now. I think we really should. All right. So we open and immediately thrust into action-packed explosions. Well, not quite yet, but I'm super excited. There's Operation Delta Force. They are sorry, Delta Force. They're on a little boat and they're going down a river and they're like, "Gee, Willikers, I hope we're not seen by the bad guy." And they're all dressed as kind of like river people, I guess. Question mark. As they're trying to infiltrate a drug kind of enterprise. And we also see like a satellite in the sky and it's kind of the thing being used by the US and they're like, oh, thank God we have this Iris One satellite. It's pretty powerful. Don't you worry about it. This is how we're always going to find drugs because somehow it like detects drugs. Is that That's the idea, right? I'm not really sure. So did they even make it clear what they were doing at the beginning? Because from what I, when I was watching, like they just go into this river and begin laying waste to people. And I don't really know that we had a clear target at this time. Right. Um, you know, that was maybe a little later in the movie. But I think it's I think what what we do we do get an explanation with like the muckety mucks at the you know, Langley or whatever. They're they're all hanging out. They're like, man, can't wait for Delta Force to start blowing some people away. This can be great. And someone's like, I can't believe you're sending them in there. And they're like, what? What are you talking about? He's like Oh, we sent like two other like super great forces over there, like maybe like Alpha Force and Beta Force, and they got destroyed. They all died. It was really sad, actually. And they're like, oh, shit, I hope Delta Force can hold their own because they're going into a little bit of a shit storm. Uh, but they have like a satellite and it like detects drugs through some kind of like chemical or heat signature. Who knows? But it's like the new uh, weapon on the front lines of the war on drugs, quote unquote. And that becomes kind of a big thing for this movie is like the war on drugs. And so they're heading in and now everyone's getting a little nervous at Langley because they're like, I hope they're not seen. Well, smash cut, they're seen. And immediately everyone's shooting at them. They're on this tiny little boat going up the river and they're getting shot at by all directions. Kyle, do any of them get hit at this point? They do not. One no. of the, one of the, uh, prerequisites for joining operation delta force is that you must be invincible right yeah you have to basically um be able to i guess they call it being you make yourself skinny so the bullets don't hit you you become like real tiny when you're like mm -hmm. uh going up this river so anyways they're kind of like laying waste a whole bunch of people they, they like jump out of the boat at some point um 
even though there are all these explosions and stuff. They've, they've killed a, like, a whole bunch of people. There was even at one point, I don't know if you noticed this, but up on a bridge, they were shooting, they were going to shoot like a rocket at this bridge and blow it up. And you can see a guy getting up into a handstand like on the bridge. Wait, what? Because, Why? well, because I think for the stunt and the way he was supposed to fly away from the explosion, he was going oh. to be launched <laughs> kind of like backwards like that. And it was really funny because you could see him slowly get up into this handstand and then the explosion happened and he flies away. <laughs> wow. No way. Yeah, it's real strange. But anyways, I just noticed, I was like, why is he in your hands? Oh, he just flew away. He just jumped. <laughs> he, had to, he had to get like his little springboard to get like sprung into the air. Um, That's great. Yeah. So anyways, they they don't kill any of the Delta Force and the bad guys are like, oh shit, we better like um, kind of get out of here. Let's let's like bolt or whatever. So, so they start leaving and we get a pretty fantastic scene, Kyle, of, uh, of what happens Ridiculous. to our little Delta Force. So what happens to them? All right. So they're ready. <laughs> they're ready to get on land because they're like, all right, time to assault the drug base. And- so they slip into the water and they're waiting. They're just like waiting at the edge of this water. And all of a sudden one of the cartel members comes up and he just starts uh, peeing in the river. And it literally is just, he starts peeing like right close up on Skip Lang's face. Close up on Skip Lang's face with a trickle. He's just getting peed on. Yeah. Like what the hell? And he's just like, he doesn't even try to move. Nothing. He's just sitting there taking it, getting a golden shower. Yeah. At that moment, <laughs> thousands of children across America were developing a fetish they didn't know they had. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, one of R. Kelly's favorite movies, if exactly. I'm not mistaken. <sighs> and so then they, uh, they're like, oh, this is going to be super easy. But then like a helicopter comes in and all kinds of, they're like all these like soldiers and stuff and they're dropping bombs on them. And so they're like, okay, you two, you go into the mine and you like clear it out because we got to make sure like- and be careful, but like we got to clear it out and that's where we're going in for the drugs. And everyone's kind of taken different positions and some people are outside the cave system kind of like fending off the the bad guys. And the two people go in and, and the young guy goes in and immediately, and he like, oh shit, he sets off like a mine. There's like a, what was it? Like a proximity like a, mine yeah, or something. Yeah. And so he's standing there and the guy's like, get out of there, move, move. And he's like, but he's frozen. He like can't move. He's so scared. And so the mind goes off and he gets his like whole chest blown out. And you're like, oh shit. Like it was a little bit realer because I feel like every, all the other times in the other Delta Force movies, it would look like someone was going to die. But then they'd be like, oh, I got shot in the neck. And like one person would be like, I'm holding the pressure on. I hope he survives. And later they'd be like, he survived. Don't worry about it. Uh, and here it's like, that guy's not surviving. Uh, let's be real. He yeah. just had a mind blow out, open his chest. And so they're trying to keep him alive. Same time they, they go in, they kind of clear out this whole cave system. They, you know, go in and there's a room full of cocaine. And then what they say is like billions of dollars of cocaine. And, Billy, and they keep making all kinds of like weird cokehead references yeah like when they walk in this room one of the guys like this is a cokehead's wet dream right and then they like kill some dude They're like yeah i got that cokehead right <laughs> like what what the hell is this hey it was the 90s so war on drugs yeah i mean that's the biggest thing that we're concerned with is uh cokeheads cokeheads um so uh i'm gonna bring that back at work Somebody's giving me a rough time. What are you, a cokehead or what something? What are you, a cokehead over here? Uh, and so they uh, they take care of business. They destroy all of the coke. They blow it up. They're like, fuck this and fuck cokeheads. And then they, they, they're like, okay, we got to take care of our bro. And they take, them, they take them and get them onto a plane and off they go back to um, 
you know, the United States. And we get some scenes here. So he's alive, but barely. Like the doctor even comes out and is like, guys, it's not looking good. I don't think he's going to make it. And everyone's like, shit, man. Like, what are they, what, what, what kind of war is this anyways, man? Like the war on drugs, they're just using us. They're, they're using us up and chew it, uh, spitting us out. Like we're just expendables over here. We're the expendables. And they keep on, they're talking about all this stuff. And, and it's again, it's just like the last movie. There's this whole kind of middle portion where Delta Force is kind of saying like, I, you know, we do so much for the country and we're not really getting you know, everything that back, we're not getting everything. And we're being sent into these areas for drugs when it's not really like a war zone. We're just kind of like blowing up cocaine. So what's what's the point? It's a very political TV movie. Right. Um, They're really trying to send out their own message and they got their own agenda. Yeah. It's funny because it's, it's, they're kind of trashing on the war on drugs. And I do wonder whether the writer of the movie maybe had his own agenda, if you know what I mean. He could have. You'd ever think that one of his family members was killed by a cokehead? Or maybe he's trying to get the U.S. government out of the way. Like, you know, hey, maybe you shouldn't be doing the war on drugs, if you know what I mean. Oh. Yeah. And then he does a rail right off his desk. Exactly. You're picking up what I'm putting down. I am. Sorry, that's I'm slander. Everything we say on this podcast is not true. Just I just say that just to make sure we don't well, get no, a slander thing. We didn't thing. say that he was. We said this could be happening. Okay. I just don't want to get slandered. It's just, it's strictly speculation. <laughs> yeah, just speculation. Um, and so anyways, we also get some scenes with the the head of the um, the cartel. That's kind of like the drug cartel. It's very confusing at this point of exactly who and where they're going for the, at this portion of it. Because he's all like pissed. Obviously, they're in Colombia for that first part. And he's like, shit. Well, if they want a war on drugs, then I'm going to give them a war, if you know what I mean. And everyone's like, yeah, we know what you mean. And then he heads to Italy. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he heads takes, to Italy. He heads off across the world. Somehow for whatever he, reason. he's just I immediately in Italy. And he's he's giving basically like a PowerPoint presentation to the mob, the mafia, question mark. Uh, and where, this is so funny. This is where we're also introduced to the hacker. Yeah. So he's basically he's, like, this is my plan. And the hacker is like giving you hacking for dummies to these old yeah, mob is. guys. He's like, um, so what I do is I use a computer to go in and steal money. And they're like, I like, I like that he was walking computer? around, rolling up his sleeves. He's oh, like, yeah. bro, don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah, he was Joe Cool right there. Yeah. And he's basically letting he everyone cool. know what's up. And what's up is he's going to be using his computer whiz talents to uh, – have a uh, takeover like a summary. Do they even, does he introduce like the specifics of the plan at this point? Or is he just basically saying like, I can do anything. I can't even remember. He's just basically talking about hacking at this right. point. <laughs> and basically the, just, whole, the whole mafia is like, uh, I'm pretty into it. I like this actually. You yeah. Know what I mean? Like, dude, I've never heard of this, but why don't you go ahead and do it? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So then they, they use the hacker. So they start up the, um, the plan at this point, which is, they have like a cook on a submarine that is out in the ocean uh, take over a submarine. So he kills everyone on board. He releases a toxin on board. Everyone dies. And then um, what are they like, like a frogman come in and help him take over the submarine. Yeah. And they, they allow in, they basically allow the hacker to gain access to the main computer. And he puts in his own virus into the computer and takes over the submarine. So, 
it's kind of an, there is like a little bit of interesting point here, which is basically like the people who took over the submarine are purely soldiers. Like their job is not to steer the submarine, really not to do anything. Like they're, they're going to send out messages from the submarine and they're going to um, make sure that no one interferes. Like, but that's their entire job. And so they're not doing any, the submarine is steering according to the computer and you can't stop it. Like you can't kill them and stop the submarine because the submarine's all programmed to do a very specific job. Uh, including so did we even talk about how, missiles. like, how he found out that he had successfully hacked the sub? No, it was, it was some kind of test he did. Yeah, well, he uh, he hacked into a naval communications network, and then he sent a message. It was like, "Hey, you got to do this test. I want you to oh, that's right. surface." Oh, and that's how the and people so, get on board. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's how they did that, and then he gassed it because the cook was like, "Ooh, looks like it is time to go. These dishes are done." And so then, I wish that was what his line was. It would have been really great, but <sighs> yeah, we got what we got. So then, things things aren't looking super great on that end. Uh, Delta Force is also having a little bit of trouble here because the young guy dies, as it seemed obvious when his chest was blown open. Um, but he he uh, you know succumb, succumbs to his wounds, and everyone's like pretty sad. Mostly, but Doc, that's how you knew he's. I mean, he's like not a true Delta Force member because he can die. Right. Well, that's true because they're all invincible. Every, everybody we'll, else. Yeah. Uh, we'll see that at the he end. He lied of, on his resume. Yeah, we'll see that. We'll see that at the end of the movie. I can't die. End of the movie is nuts in that regard. But uh, he so and then Doc is having a, a big problem with this because he was the one who was with the young guy and basically told him to like stop and get out of there. But the guy didn't listen to him. He's trying to tell his wife. He's like, he. He froze. He didn't move. And we're like, well, I didn't come to Operation Delta Force 3 to cry, but look at what's happening right now. Tears are coming out of my face. And so um, now they have the sub. They know, everyone knows what happens now. Like, submarine has been taken over. What is the only option, Kyle? You got to send in the best of the best. Yeah. You got to get that Delta Force. You got to get the Delta Force uh, going. And... They're basically like, okay, what's the what's the options here? Can we go to the submarine? No. Why? Because they don't really even know where the submarine is. Like they don't know, you know, where or how to get to it. So you got to go to the source at this point. You got to head back to Columbia and take out that motherfucker who took over the submarine. And so they head in. They've got the every. They're all like, uh, got a super great plan. They're like, guess what we have? We have a a train. Train movies 101 over here. And yeah, we're going to this will this this transition quite nicely into season two train right. movies. We got this train. We got it all fitted up up the wazoo with helicopters and stuff. We're going to be hiding in it. We're even going to have passengers on there. I'm like, who are these passengers? Like this this train is clearly something that you like have fitted into some like war machine. And there's like just passengers just, like hanging out, like crossing the border into Columbia. So anyways, they – the bad guys have gotten wind of this as well. So they don't, the Delta Force doesn't know it, but it's, you know, it's already kind of blown. Their cover's already blown. But they head over the uh, border and they're supposed to be able to get over with no problem through like faked um, pa- papers and stuff. The army comes and they're like, get everyone off board, but they let the train go through. And so Delta Force is confused, but they're, they're like relieved. Okay. It seems like it's working, but they get over the border and all of a sudden they're attacked like crazy by this army. So this army comes out. They're going after him. They're like, okay, get to the helicopters and uh, we get, cause we got to get out of here. And there's this huge shootout. They're shooting out of windows. They're shooting people on top of this train and all kinds of stuff. The two people get in their helicopters and 
it's pretty nuts. The helicopters are all like folded up and the train like falls apart and these helicopters like fly out. So they've got these two helicopters. They have these like crazy like hydraulic lifts in one of the cars and it just like pops up out of the top of this, like looks like a shipping container. Like I didn't know they could fit a helicopter in there, but apparently you easily can. So there's like another uh, another helicopter comes uh, comes along and blows up the train, but they're able to have they got off through these with these helicopters, got off of it in time, uh, and stuff, and they just totally um, crush this other helicopter because uh, obviously, hey, come on, come on, they're Delta Force, yeah, they take them out. And then we have a really yeah. funny scene because they take these helicopters over to the cartel's like headquarters, and he flies his helicopter like in front of a window. And he's like looking at the bad guy and he's like, you, you motherfucker, as he's like pointing at him from a helicopter. And I was I like, I would just give up badass. at that point. <laughs> and so also anyways, here, this, yeah. this is where we start to find out that while the hacker is a computer genius, he right. may have a few vices. Yeah. And he's into pharmaceuticals yeah, he's having his own war on drugs because he is uh trying to destroy <laughs> all the drugs on the planet by eating them all if you know what i mean he's winning he yeah. is oh winning. he's winning that war on drugs because uh, <laughs> there's no more drugs around him like he's actually freaking yeah. out a little bit um but uh so he's taking all kinds of drugs in a basement in that he- headquarters the bad guy's like i gotta get out of here because i don't know if you saw but delta force is here and um there's some bad motherfuckers uh shut your mouth and so they uh he comes out and is like get uh, what's his name? Get get the hacker. Like uh, he's. Would you say his name is Thane or Thane, something yeah. like that? So get Thane. Get him. Get him into these tunnels. And uh, but Thane's all like passed out and shit, and has locked his door, so they have to leave him. And so they bad guys escape through these tunnels. Our boy Greg Collins, he's out. He's out in that, those tunnels, kind of like uh, owning a bunch of guys. But the main bad guy gets away and gets away on a seaplane. Also, why were they, away. okay, so the tunnels were filled with water, yeah. I guess. You just said seaplane. I'm like, okay, so they must have been leading to this lake. Yeah, that's what they said. They, they, for they have whatever tunnels, reason. They have tunnels that lead to the river. And, uh, okay, and so they, all right, they, they, now it makes sense. To escape. And then, so he's like, oh, they're heading to the river. And our main guy, uh, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, or Fitzmagic, he runs out into the dock and actually catches onto the plane. <laughs> <laughs> oh my it is God, funny when, when one of your one of your one of your good guys he's like gets gets like kicked in the face a whole bunch of times and then falls off the plane and just the stunt work in this is just so it's it's crazy when you look at it you're like a stuntman had to do that where a plane's like taking off and the stuntman's like all right just doing my job <laughs> and falls off just, and like a rag doll gets like totally <laughs> I don't even know how you survive it it seems like crazy how you'd even survive oh like falling off of the plane into water at like a hundred miles per hour. He skips like a stone. Now, Zach, you and I have had some pretty big wipeouts, like tubing and skiing and all that type of stuff. Did you like particularly remember this guy's scene? Because I was like, wow, that how is (laughs) how is he alive? Is this when he's like it was it was this the scene when it's kind of like going slow motion and he was like cartwheeling through the air down? He definitely cartwheeled through the air, but he was cartwheeling because he was getting thrown across the surface of the water, yeah, uh, like he was shot out of a cannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, uh, the rest of uh, Delta Force is torturing Thane, like no joke, actually, just like straight up torturing him and trying to get information out of him. And but he's he's holding tough. One thing is that he really he's super addicted to these drugs. So like he's like, give me my drugs, man. And he's also like almost passed out. So like, okay, we'll just take him with us. He's got to give us information. So they bring him back to uh, United States, 
And there's like a kind of a beautiful hacker. And I actually, it's funny with these 90s movies. I actually feel like they they more seamlessly integrate like progressive uh, ideas into them than I think movies even nowadays. Like there was a whole movie me and Patrick watched called Fallout, which is like a space movie where there was a woman who it just like, everyone was just like, yeah, you're the best computer scientist and you're obviously the best. And, but like, that's the only, they never, that's the only time they ever mention it. They're like, you're the best. You have to go up there because you're the best at this job. And I was like, there's no mention of being like, and you're a woman. Like there's nothing added to it. It's just pure like, yeah, you're really great at your job and uh, super professional. And then here, I feel like it was, again, it was like a computer, the, the main computer scientist at the government is like this lady. And they're like, you're the best. Like you got, you've got to go. There's no one else that can do this. Like you have to go. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, yeah, that's, she's a good character. <laughs> you've actually done right. that. You've done that really well, actually. Um, and so, but she also knows Thane. And in fact, I don't even know, like, I don't know if they were implying they had a love uh, connection in the past or what, but they knew it each kinda, other. It kind of felt that way. They were but, certainly yeah. friends and they knew each other quite well, but, and, and it seemed like maybe he had always been in love with her or something like that, but they didn't really dive too deep into it. Again, they didn't, they didn't make her like make out with the Skip Lang or something. Like there was nothing like that. She just was like a professional doing her job. It was actually kind of good. And, uh, but she goes in and she kind of convinces them. She's like, you got to give me the right information. And, we don't know it. He does kind of give you, give her the information. Um, but well, because she dangles in front of him because he's freaking out. Well, no, but he gives, he's like, so he, she, she's, she tricks him kind of with like fake drugs to give him information, but it turns out to be wrong. That's what we find out like a little bit later. But he also kind of gave her the real information without um, doing it like super explicitly. Now, I've got a really important sound clip from that scene, oh, guys. Do it. What Zach's trying to say is that Thane, the actor who played Thane was my favorite character and uh, is the, the one good thing about this movie, I think. He's legit. Yeah. He was doing his all. He, he was doing it. I loved it. Yeah. He gave it his all. 100%. <laughs> so anyways, they think they've gotten the information and, you know, they know where the sub is going. It's going towards New York where, oh, the president is giving a speech at the UN. <gasps> Classic 1990s. Now, what's weird about this is why they didn't immediately uh, get, get the president out of there. Uh, why, why was the no, president... Well, Why because the there was like, the what, some kind of UN, UN war on drugs oh, presentation yeah. you know going. What? And yeah, the president made... was like, dude, you cannot stop the war on drugs. I need to give this talk. Yeah. So he may, yeah, he, yes, he may die at the hands of a terrorist. So let's make sure he gives a speech at the UN. Like, no way. He's in a bunker immediately. Like, it seems crazy that they're like, there's nothing we can do. The president will be 100% giving that speech at the UN. It's like, no, he wouldn't. <laughs> they know you're going to bomb the UN. He wouldn't be anywhere close to the UN. He'd be the opposite direction of the UN. They would have taken him immediately away. Uh, so anyways, but anyways, they, they know they're heading towards New York. They've got like a uh, kind of a, they have an idea of where the submarine is. They've tracked it down. They think they have the codes for it. So it all leads up to the main event, uh, Delta Force heading on to the submarine. Dude, finally, like an hour into this movie, we I finally have some solid sub action. It's funny because yeah. the, I was worried, more worried about the second one not having a huge amount of sub when I had read the synopsis. 
I thought this one for sure was going to have it. The poster has a giant submarine on it. Like I was just like, oh, right. bank bank on it. This one's got a huge amount of submarine. Disappointed how how much submarine there was. Not not as much as you would hope. I know. It's yeah. like what the heck, guys. But yeah. then we also get you know we had some good cave action for cave movies. Whenever we do that, uh, we also had the train helicopters. Yep. But what are we here for? Submarines. Right. That's it. Oh, there good. we go. I just want to make sure that that is right. Right. Yeah, that is right. That's okay. what I was looking for. And you okay. nailed it. You nailed it, dude. Great. I'm happy about that. Um, so anyways, am I missing anything? I know it's like president's giving a speech, UN, they're going to launch missiles at the, at the president. Although I guess technically they don't totally know that. They just know it's heading towards New York. So anyways, they get on, get into their little submersible. It's you know some computer graphics, some pretty early computer graphics. I actually didn't even think the computer graphics looked that bad. I, Seemed like that was okay computer graphics. And uh, they're going to land on the submarine. And this is a very similar scene to what we saw in the second movie when the helicopter lands them onto the cruise ship. <laughs> where they just and Literally no resistance. They just go up to the submarine and land and latch on and no one on the submarine is the wiser. They're just like, what? What's going on? Anything? Like nobody even, nobody heard it. No one even thought like, anything about it. You would hear metal on metal and you would feel something that large latching on yeah. to your sub. Nope. Stealth. Stealth submersible latching onto a submarine. But yeah, I mean I guess this is this is explained by the fact that they didn't they didn't they weren't submarine they're not wearing like the headphones for sonar. They're not doing any of that stuff. They're they're just there for the ride kind of to make sure that resistance isn't there. But you would still think they would be heightened uh, awareness of whether Anything. someone was you getting onto something. the submarine. Yeah. I'd be like, wow, why did the sub just like pitch that way? That feels really weird. Yeah. So anyways, they get onto the, oh, we're, we're actually doing okay. Yeah, yeah, we're doing all right here. So they get on, they lock, latch on, they get into the submarine and they start immediately just taking out, I mean, it's actually pretty quick that they just start taking out people. And Ariana immediately is up there uh, trying to hack into the submarine, but none of the codes that Thane gave her are working. And they're like, Ariana, you're the only one that can do this. You have to figure it out. And she's like, okay, I'm going to do it. And Greg Collins and her, I thought for sure they were going to have them kiss because he's kind of always with Ariana being like, come on, you can do this. Like, I know we can, I know yeah. you can do it. You're the best. And she's like, okay, good. But it turned out to not really be the case. They never really have any romantic moment, uh, probably for the best. And so anyways, they they realize as they the submarine starts to move, because they can't change anything about the submarine. They can't steer it, they can't do anything. Submarine starts to move and they realize, oh shit, we're in the hut, we're in the Hudson River. Like we weren't just heading near New York. We're heading next to New York City. And they're oh, yeah. they're going through all of like the different cal calculations, like millions of people are gonna die if we if the missile launches from this and they realize also that they've got like the rock style like green orbs on board as well that they're gonna yeah, it's, they it's, do. it's like a biological weapon that would wipe out the entire city oh it's crazy and, and so, this was also one of the funniest things i saw in this movie is whenever you see like new york city in a movie there's always a shot of like times square and it always looks really nice but you could tell this is the type of movie where they're not allowed to shut down Times Square to film anything. Right, yeah. Yeah. So it was just like, you know, like somebody just like sitting on a bench with maybe like a camcorder and they like tried to get a shot of Times Square. I was like, wait, what? Why is that the shot? Like we already know we're in New York and you're going to have to put that thing in there? I bet it's stock. What are you guys doing? I bet it's just like a random clip from some movie that they probably. Had. So anyways, they're like, oh shit, we got to, there's only one thing we got to do. We got to 
try our best to move this submarine. So our, our, Ariana's got to do her shit, got to do her pilot shit. And, uh, but we also got to go and, and do our best to disable that missile. Cause that missile going off, it doesn't matter where we are. That's going to destroy like a lot of people. And so they and have one of the, one of the things guys. here that happened. Skip Lang did this. And this was a, uh, this word, I don't know. It just, it's one of those words that I just hate, but Skiff Lang is literally talking to one of the guys. He's like, so can you guesstimate the area of devastation? <laughs> I was like, why the hell did that make it into the movie? <laughs> like, uh, it's estimate, bro. What? <laughs> uh, and so they, they head over to the, the, the torpedo room and it looks, it, it is kind of funny, these different rooms. Like it's clearly just like a random room they souped up and it's got this like pedestal in the middle and apparently that's where the the missile is. Don't know why. And so they have one guy kind of working his ass off trying to disable this thing. At the same time, a bunch of the people that were on the boat are kind of like now creeping around. Like they're all over the place. And it's, it was weird too because they they seem to hear something at one point and kind of scatter. And then they just it's, – it's almost as if they didn't meet up with each other on the submarine until later. Like – there was never really weird. It was not like like they were just kind of still walking around trying to find people, and so they start to have encounters. Like Skip Lang gets into a scuffle. Um, I think Greg Collins gets into a scuffle and and has to kill someone. At well, one point, disarming the bomb. Yeah, the guy. No, that's not Greg Collins. The guy disarming oh, the bomb sorry. has the best one because he's ridiculous. They're absolutely in like a, insane. They're like punching each other and all that. He gets pushed up against the wall. And gets like a spike through his shoulder, and he has to snap it off and and get off the wall and start like. All right, but so also for this, this guy swings down from the ceiling. Oh, that's right. Yeah, with, from with how? A rope. Yeah, it was it was Mission is, Impossible. It was like Mission Impossible. But how the hell was he doing that? No, like how did he get right, there? I just went in a sub a few months ago. I'll tell you what. You would not even, there's no way. Right. <laughs> you don't have enough room. You'd be like, okay, uh, maybe I'm like an inch off the ground. Right. It's worthless. No, it would be much harder to fight swinging from a rope. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't understand. It was all Mission Impossible. It's just Mission Impossible to come out and they were like, we need to have that in the movie. That's in the movie now. It had to be. Yeah. So they keep on, they, they keep on fighting. They, they eventually, they wipe out everyone, um, mostly through hand-to-hand combat. It was actually kind of fun. And the, the one guy who's disarming the bomb is like, this is, you know, this is not going <laughs> – this is not going well. Uh, and it's basically like she he needs like the codes to open up the final thing. Ariana can't get the codes. And he – so basically like he, I think he's done his job and that's like he. it's at the end of the line. It's all up to Ariana at this point. And Ariana's trying all these codes, trying all these codes. And then she realizes that it was always – it was always her actually. That was like the key. Thane was always kind of chasing her. Uh, professionally and potentially romantically. We're not, it's just still not clear, Um, but professionally chasing her and kind of went down this road of drugs, but it was always still about her. And so it turns out that she is the password, Ariana. And she types it in and stops the bomb. And everyone's like, especially the guy who's right by the bomb because he was sitting there being like, come on, do it. And it's like, two, one. And then he just like stops. He's like, thank God. Uh, but then they're like, okay, we got, con- we gained control again. We have control of the thing. Our bomb didn't go off, but oh, we're heading towards like the bridge and we gotta, we gotta somehow, you know, take care of business with the submarine or else we may crash and still cause like a disaster. 
And so they, they like just skirt past a bridge, but then things they're heading towards like, I don't even know, Statue of Liberty or something. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Well, they like manually take control yeah. of the sub. Yeah, exactly. And they're like moving it around. They are. And they're not and they, doing great. Yeah. And they're like, we got to get off the, okay, we're just time to let the submarine sink. We got to get out of here. So they go up to their um, little submersible, but because they hit the bridge a little bit, the thing has the decoupled, like they, they don't have a good seal and they can't close the hatch enough to get actually allow the submersible to get off the submarine. And so they're like, there's no way to do it. Someone would have to stay on the submarine and sacrifice their life. And Greg Collins is like, I'll do it. And everyone's like, no, Greg. And then he's like, I got to do it. And so he gets in there and he does it. I'm like, wow, this is actually like emotional scene. Like, I can't believe this guy's going to die. And I can't believe he becomes Skip Lang in the next movie after dying. Like, this is amazing. Uh, <laughs> and they get off on their little submersible. They rise out and they see the submarine explode. I'm like, wow, he really did die. Greg this, Collins. All right. Greg Collins really did <laughs> it, die here. It did not, it did not just <laughs> explode oh, like yeah. with like the little amount of, I don't know, theatrics you just gave that. This thing blew up and it was insane it ran into the statue of liberty right <laughs> and made an explosion like a mile high right and then and i'm like wow greg Collins definitely dead it's amazing they bring him back a skip line given how he's just been exploded and he's in a bunch of tiny pieces all over the shore then you see them running on the shore and i was like oh they're not gonna do it are they are they gonna fucking do this <laughs> and they come across they come across greg collins just laying perfectly preserved on the shoreline <laughs> He's like, wow, unharmed, that was crazy, like, or something. That just... was nuts. I was in a submarine like five seconds ago, and then it exploded, <laughs> and now I'm here. And everyone's like, yeah, that is crazy. What's going on? Actually, <laughs> I love the look of their all their faces, especially when they're leaning over them. It's the it is one of the dumbest, best, craziest thing. It's almost <laughs> almost as bad and great as uh, the Michael Dudikoff film where they shoot the missile and it knocks the top of the Empire State Building off and it lands directly on the little kid's uh, taxi (laughs) that he was in, which seems insane. Just like, what a coincidence. What are the chances? Uh, So uh, that's pretty much the end of the movie, except because a big part of the whole thing of them going after that, everyone was like, with Delta Force, and this guy, Salvatore, is not going to survive. He killed one of ours. He's... He's got to pay the price. But they never even are around Salvatore other than the time that they like attack his compound and he gets away. Other than that, they're never even really close to Salvatore. But we do get a scene at the end where he goes up to the mafia, head of the mafia or whatever. And the mafia is like, yeah, you didn't, that wasn't super great. Wasn't a great, actually didn't work out very well. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'm sorry. And he walks out and you just hear a gunshot and he's dead. They've killed Salvatore. Maybe, maybe he's dead. I would like, I would have loved... I would love to find that Operation Delta Force 4 is them still trying to kill Salvatore, not realizing he's dead. Like that's like like the mission (laughs) is like, we're going in, we've heard Salvatore is here, but then it leads to some other mission, but they just never realized that Salvatore was killed by the mafia. And every time it goes to like show what he's doing, it's just like a few minutes of like his tombstone. Right, exactly. What's what's going on? (laughs) How can we find this guy? It's like he's off the face of the map. Yeah. So that's the end. That's the end of the movie. Wow. Quite incredible. I I missed one quote, guys. Uh, I got this little sound clip that I guess I missed the scene. Play it. Do it. Play it. Let's see if you guys can remember when this happened in the movie. Okay. My phone was muted. Hang on. Okay. Oh, come on. 
What the hell are we gonna do about it? Huh? What the hell are we gonna do huh? about it? <laughs> huh? Huh? <laughs> that part cracks me up. Huh? Was that wait? Can I ask which character was saying that? Oh, you know the one old white guy. Oh, okay. So was he part of Delta Force though? No, no, oh, no, no. Never mind, because that's the really weirdly dubbed voice of the uh, of the commander, one of the commanders. Remember one yeah. of the commanders, which I believe was played by the same actor in the previous installment. And in the previous one, I was like, "That's weird. He's got like a British accent. How strange." This time, they just dubbed him over with this like really weird sounding generic American, oh, almost like that guy. almost like a John Wayne, where he's like, "Hey, partner." Yeah, so yeah, that's probably why it stood out to me to get that quote, that that, that, that line. Yeah, so like, he sounds ridiculous. We didn't we didn't mention this, but much like this podcast, it's edited for TV, so that's why you never hear any spur words or anything on this. And also, <laughs> why why I didn't I blurkled out even me discussing how many times the uh, Skip Lang took out his dick once he became the mm, captain great, of the submarine. Great, great, great. Mm-hmm. So like he he like we would have seen a lot of those scenes, and I probably would have talked about it like a whole bunch, but it was edited for TV. Um, but seriously, it was actually, there's a, it was really weird sounding, um, edit for TV with all, all the swears turned into these kind of hilarious non-swears and then random people's voices, like almost entirely dubbed like that guy's. So, yeah, it was yeah. the, <laughs> the TV edits are so great on these things, man. It's where do these people come up with some of these things that they have people shout and like, Oh, maybe that's what it looks like he's saying. Huh. I love it. Um, can I, I'm going to do one last question for you guys to answer before we get into reviews. Yeah. So we got, we got a very brief scene of president Farmington giving a speech at the UN. What attributes of president Farmington do you think got him elected as president of this great nation? Huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you go first, Kyle. Uh, <laughs> maybe just, maybe you can, even just Kyle can answer this if, if you have a good idea. I, I feel like it's actually his it's his transatlantic accent is what I thought. The fact that he sounds British is probably what got him elected as the president of the United States. I maybe I didn't even realize that that was the president because of the accent. It could have been. He was a very old man too. I was surprised <laughs> he would have got elected because he looks. He but looks I like think that what really nerd, did it is this guy hated drugs so much. That's true. He did, and I I think that's actually a valid point. That's probably is. He was just like, I'm going to be really tough on drugs. And everyone's like, what? You can't be tough on drugs. And he's like, uh, ever heard of this satellite? And he had a satellite as his running mate called Iris One. It was Vice President Iris, Iris One. Iris One. And everyone was like, whoa, I like that robot vice president. It's like, well, technically it's not a robot. It's a, it's a satellite. And they're like, <laughs> well, the voter doesn't realize that. The voter just likes voting for the president with the vice president robot. And then he got elected. Good Lord. Sounds, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yep. All right. I'm I'm prepared to give my review. So- but before you do, oh. Zach. Yeah. Oh, that's Kyle? right. Don't, don't you have something you'd like to do? So before we give our reviews, we want to give, you know, unbiased reviews of um, something that's great and something that's not so great. So I've got two reviews. One is I love it. And one is I hate it. Which one do you guys want to hear first? I hate it. This is Go from Little Scorpion in the Swuff 31, December 2018. Oh, interesting. Okay. Fairly recent. Uh. Fairly recent, right? <laughs> Which is 
surprising. Like who else is watching this movie? <laughs> right. Here, so here is Little Scorpion's review. Just awful. This is an awful movie with so many flaws, there isn't even enough time to list them all. I wouldn't even call it a B movie. It's more like a grade school production of a D movie. Yeah, sure, the good guys <laughs> save New York City in the end, but what else would you expect? The acting is mediocre at best, the action isn't even much better, and the plot is a joke. What is even more stupefying is all of the tens given by other reviewers. Honestly, a 10? All those tens give this movie an overall rating of 6.2. In comparison, Gone with the Wind, arguably one of the greatest movies ever, is only rated 8.2 by reviewers. I think <laughs> reviewers who gave this movie 10 stars should seriously rethink their definition of a great movie. I, that well, was, I hate it. I gotta say, I, I kind of agree. <laughs> and now what, for, all right, so that is a is that a one that was a one out of ten okay as low as um imdb now i love it this is from film cutter 52 june 2005 i love this guy i work with jimmy on seals movie he is very nice guy and much talented. He work in our country for two months and I never see him complain. He buy our crew McDonald's one day. The whole crew. When the movie was make show on the movie screen, everyone clapped for Jimmy name. He work hard and he play hard. He and his actor friends are very good hard workers. The movie come very greater and I see him in other movie. I am very happy to work with him. The other guy, actor Greg, was very hard worker too. Good guy and nice guy. They together in the movie Armageddon. They play good roles and work well together. Anyone should get to watch this movie. It is fun and good experience to watch. 10 out of 10. <laughs> I Again, I, I can't disagree with that. <laughs> I got to say, like it sounds like those guys worked hard. And they got a heart of gold, man. Yeah. There we go. So there's, there's the polarizing reviews. So <laughs> well, right. let's get into it. Let's with ours. So so now let's uh, let's let those sink in a little bit and skew our own thoughts on. Yep. Right. Yep. All right. So I can just jump in right because like I reviewing it, I actually had more fun than actually watching it. Like I, I, I think it's funnier in retrospect than maybe in the moment. Um, cause you had Thane, you had this ending, which is insane. One of the craziest endings we've had. And, uh, obviously explosions, helicopters, trains, seaplanes, um, a guy falling off of a seaplane and skipping along the water, like a, like a skipping rock, like you were skipping stones with your best friend. Um, which reminds me, Kyle, do you want to go skip stones at some point? Yeah, let's go do that. Okay. Uh, you got to do it before the water freezes over. Right. Uh, but um, but even it, like in the moment of watching it, maybe I'm skewed by the fact that I liked the second one like a whole bunch. This one just doesn't live up to it. Like production down, um, logic down somehow. I don't know. Um, Way you know, down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost everything about it just like kind of worse uh, and kind of fell back to earth a little bit. 
I think I would have probably come in here and said two, except that I had so much fun reviewing it that I think I'm going to bump it up to a three just because Thane and the ending and stuff are kind of like uh, lucky coin level um, fun stuff that you can, that you can have. Um, But yeah, it definitely, it definitely kind of fell apart at this point for the Operation Delta Force uh, franchise. And I'm not surprised that it only lasted uh, two, two more movies. (laughs) All right. Yeah. A three. A three. So I can go next. Uh, Something that I hadn't even considered until I want to say it was last week's episode talking with your brother was that he was going through rating based on these individual things that he's looking for in a movie. And I know there's like we've talked about those things, but I've never put those things like down i've never said like okay based on this 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 and this so i went through and i basically live in spreadsheets i created a weighted average for my movie ratings so we've got plot sub action acting music slash sound visual quality is this movie even enjoyable is one of them (laughs) and uh (laughs) and then i also down below have uh, percentage points for things that we commonly see. Is there a fire in the sub? Do we have a wrench? Uh, did somebody kill themselves? Is there fish in the water? Is there water in the sub? Do we have a depth charge scene? And so whenever you have those, I give those a percentage point, which will increase my rating by 0.1 based on the weight. So based on all that stuff, this movie... I said, is this even enjoyable? It's really, it's not. Like, it's <laughs> it's just like, what is this? After watching the second one, like mm-hmm. you said, Jamie, the second one gave me pretty high expectations for the rest of the series. I thought, wow, you know, this is like a pretty darn good TV movie. You know, a lot of good action. Stuff was making sense. I completely forgot when we were talking about it until I was looking through my notes. It's like, oh, yeah, we did go back to like South America and fight on a train for a really long extended amount of time. And then we finally got to the sub an hour in and I, I don't know. Plot was all over the place. What the heck was the point of that satellite afterwards? Like it made no (laughs) sense. Even in the beginning, they're like, well, I guess, I guess this is it for the satellite. And somebody's like, well, you know, it has a lot of good uses. Uh, We could really use such a good tool like this after the war on drugs and then like that's all we ever saw of it and although that we even had we had a scene where we had to zoom out to outer space to look at the satellite but that's it like that's all we did with the satellite it made no sense and then that guy living at the end what the hell man i know what? right it's the best it's so good <laughs> it's like a nuclear bomb went off he's whoa what just happened? What is in is the last line of the movie was what? No mouth to mouth. And then they just, Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Um, with that being said, we did experience fire in the sub. We did have water in the sub. We didn't have a full on suicide because that guy lived. So I gave that a five out of 10. So, had I not taken those things into account, Jamie, I would be matching you at a three. However, this boosted me to a 3.25. Wow. Congratulations, Kyle, on that new formula. It sounds like you got a rubric over there and everything. I sure do. 
I don't know what a rubric is. Rubric? School? A rubric. Rubric rubric, uh, cube. Yeah, like what you like you have a rubric and you grade something based on the expectations in the rubric. And how fast they can solve the cube. Yeah. A rubric's cube. (laughs) All right, Ben, what's yours? What the hell are we gonna do about it? Huh? 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 Hello, everybody. It is Brom, the host of the smash hit podcast, Submersion. And I am here to provide a review for Operation Delta Force 3, Clear Target. Uh, Previously, I also had the opportunity to watch Operation Delta Force 2, Mayday. And I wasn't able to be on the podcast. And as you're uh, piecing together here, I was not able to make it on uh, the Operation Delta Force 3 podcast as well, unfortunately. I had a lot going on in my life from all different angles, so couldn't make it on, but I uh, did have the chance to watch both of these movies and uh, plan to uh, review, but uh, I guess I can do so retroactively. I thought uh, the episode that our uh, team here uh, did with Operation Delta Force 2 was very well done, and I agreed with just about everything they had to say. Uh, the uh, arch-villain of uh, Delta Force 2 Mayday was uh, a gentleman by the name of Lou Cash, who was definitely a very memorable character, uh, spouting off poetry and everything like that. He was just uh, uh, just a lot of fun to watch, and I was happy to hear that everyone else kind of enjoyed watching him as well, uh, just how over-the-top and ridiculous he was. Um, just one of those all-time great villains, in my opinion, you know, up there with the likes of uh, Darth Vader or Hannibal. Um, Delta Force 3, however, much more forgettable much more forgettable film, uh, in my opinion. Uh, the most memorable moment from the whole film for me, as I assume the guys, I will not know this uh, ahead of time as I record this, but I hope somebody paid attention to the scene where Lombardi, a uh, member of Delta Force, uh, tripped a, I think it was like a laser, uh, laser wire or whatever, uh, that was tied to a directional explosive, uh, think like a, like, like a claymore or something like that. And, he trips the the laser wire, and <laughs> his his, uh, his his partner in action there notices it, and the alarm goes off. There's an alarm on this explosive for whatever reason, and there's like a five second scene where he's just like staring at it, and it's cutting back and forth between a shot of the explosive and Lombardi's face, and his partner's yelling, "Get out of there! Get out of there, Lombardi!" And uh, well, it turns out Lombardi does not get out of there. He had ample opportunity, but he hangs in and an explosive goes off uh, and uh, tears through his chest and uh, somehow hangs on for a little bit, but ultimately passes away in the hospital, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. Again, the movie, very forgettable for me. Uh, but that was probably the, the the funniest moment for the movie for me and the only uh, moment of value that I pulled out of it. I would probably give... Delta Force 2 Mayday with Lou Cash and all those hijinks. I think I would, I'd probably rate that as a five uh, out of our, our typical scale. Uh, with Operation Delta Force 3, uh, this was a step backwards for me, again, with it being forgettable, but um, just it's such a formulaic, you know, on rails, Spike TV, men's action movie. And uh, just didn't have it in, uh, have enough in it for, for me personally. I'm going to give. Operation Delta Force 3, clear target. I'm going to give it a two and a half. 
Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. This is Brom checking out. Bam. All right, enough of that. So I'm going to keep mine short and sweet. I, I, you know, I didn't see the second one. I didn't watch the second one. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm sorry. So I didn't really know what to expect out of this, but I knew it was a TV movie. So knowing that I wanted to go in, you know, with, you know, giving it some, giving some credit there. And it took a long time to get to the sub. The, the entire, I mean, it was like a ton of action. So it's not like it was like boring dialogue, but it just wasn't good. It just wasn't good entertainment. It wasn't good action, if that makes any sense. And I, it makes, I, it makes sense. Okay. Cause it just didn't stick to me. Like some of those, you know, other movies we've watched and I'm always just like, Oh, you know, it's kind of a bad movie, but it's entertaining, you know? So I'll give it a higher score. This just wasn't entertaining. Like, I don't know. I just wasn't like anywhere close to the edge of my seat. I was slouched in my seat. Were you so, not entertained though? You weren't entertained? I mean, I got a couple of those quotes, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. That was funny, but mm-hmm. that's about it. <laughs> um, I have no interest to watch the other ones based on this one. So I'm going to give you guys give it a three, right? And then Kyle, what'd you give it? A three, three point two, two five. five. I'm going to just give it a two. I'm probably never going to see this movie again. There wasn't, I mean, I guess there was sub stuff at the end, but not enough sub stuff. Two it needs more. Yeah. Very respectable. All right. Um, you guys want some trivia? Yeah, I sure do. Well, too bad, because I shot my load on the last one. I used all the Operation oh. Delta Force trivia on the last one, although I did scrounge around and I found a couple of things. First of all, obviously, this is mentioned as being a president film, so there's actually a lot of work online and by people uh, to kind of detail all the times that presidents, both real and fake, are presented on screen. In fact, there's a full book that someone wrote detailing all the cases of this occurring in film. I got it from the library through our public library, um, and it's pretty crazy just how detailed they go with this, and to the point where this movie, in it, in that book, where they detail really? President Farmington, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, wow. here we go. That's that's one little fact. There's It's also mentioned in a bunch of different books uh, for kind of military and stuff like that, but I couldn't find any full... Um, previews of it. Like I couldn't find the pages where they discussed the book. I did see a bunch of one-star reviews in some of those uh, like review books, um, but that was it. That's, that's that's what I had for that. I did also find a book where they were detailing 2015 um, obituaries. So every year there's actually books that are give out all the obituaries in the performing arts. So in the 2015 one, Danny Lerner was uh, listed. He died on March 6, 2015. He was the producer on all of the Operation Delta Force films. And one of the interesting things is he was a producer in a, just a huge number of films and most of them kind of like lower level. So like Howling 4, American Ninja 3, all the Operation Delta Forces. He has like weird named ones. There's one called Frogman Operation Stormbringer, 2002. And uh, he uh, so Submarines, 2003 film called just, just called Submarines. Um, and so he has a bunch of these. Uh, going on. Then all of a sudden, weirdly, around like 2008, he starts to have real movies. War Inc., The Expendables 2, Conan the Barbarian, the 2011 one, Olympus Has Fallen, 2013, uh, The Expendables 3, 2014, uh, Legend of Hercules, uh, 2014. Like he just started working a lot with 
actual major people. Like Sly Stallone, he has like five different movies that he worked with and before he died. That's um, crazy. He, he was also a director and listen to the, some of the movies that he directed. Shark Zone, Raging Sharks, Sharks in Venice. Those are three of his movies. Then, Hell yeah. Yeah. And then he has a bunch of other ones that look more normal like Trader's Heart, Target of Opportunity, Direct Content, Contact, and then Finding Rin Tin Tin. Then the last movie that he directed called Cool Dog. And I just searched Cool Dog and I was like, I wonder what Cool Dog's all about. And it's just a ripoff of Homeward Bound. When Jimmy's family moves to an apartment <laughs> in New York City, Rainy, the family dog, is unwilling to let his family go. Now, first of all, yeah, why would the dog be unwilling to let the family go? Shouldn't the dog be with the family? Uh, anyways, uh, and embarks on a cross-country journey to find them. But then when you search it, embarks. it has the, nice, uh, it has the trailer. And the image they have for the trailer is literally a dog driving a car. It's like the, the dog is driving a <laughs> fucking car. Yeah, so. it's like the poor man's Homeward Bound. And the car, and if the dog can drive a car, they're they're gonna get homeward bound pretty quickly. <laughs> One would think they're just gonna be behind the moving truck on the, in a car. Anyways, I thought that was kind of funny uh, for it. Uh, so, are you ready for casting? What ifs? Are you ready to, to yeah, recast? Let's do that. Are we gonna do people who've been in his movies? Oh, that'd be good if I had had if I had you know thought oh, about it a little bit more. Come on, Jamie. I that would have been a great idea. For- I had used <laughs> I used instead. Uh, movies with Delta. So we have Operation Delta Force 2 and 3 we just watched. What other stars of other Delta movies would have done well here? I so, got one. I'm, yeah. Oh, wait, oh, yeah. What do you got? No, what do you got? I, I was going to say, I, I looked because, okay, so I, I was sitting here and I was, while we were doing this, I, was, I looked one, a movie up because I'm like, I swear there was like one of those spoof movies, right? Like one of those oh, scary is. movie ones. Yeah, yeah. Delta Farce. Delta Farce. Right? I was going to say that was going to be one of them. Oh, so, okay. What about Larry the Cable Guy? Yes. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Yeah, throw him in there. Yeah, well, the weirdest thing is Glenn Morshower, which we hear about a lot in these movies. Uh, he's like one of the main characters of that movie. Glenn Morshower, a.k.a. Landry's dad. He's like in a whole bunch of our movies that we watch. Hmm. Yeah, like DJ Qualls is in that. DJ Qualls is like uh, that weird looking guy who was in like the it's new kid. skinny, right? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's in that one. So that's that's pretty great. Uh, what about uh, the Delta Force, which I believe this is kind of what they were knocking off when they made this whole series. Uh, but that's Chuck Norris. So what about Chuck Norris? Oh, Chucky. I'd put Chuck Norris in here. But I, I mean, mean he obviously. Could be, he could be the hacker, right? You, don't, you think he'd be the hacker? <laughs> Chuck Norris all like drugged up. I'd like, <laughs> like him as the bad guy. Wearing but I headphones. Like, da, 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 da. I don't think he'd play the bad guy, but I'd like him as the bad guy. I think well, I think like the like go to for this would be Captain Skip Lang, but nobody could ever give Chuck Norris a golden shower. No, at no, all. No, no. I was yeah, gonna no say way. and live, but that guy got killed anyway. But Chuck Norris wouldn't even sit there and take that at all. He just would have grabbed that dude immediately and killed him. Probably. Why did that guy let himself get peed on? I don't get it. For the sake of the mission, Kyle. That's why we're not in the military. Um, What about (sighs) National Lampoon's Animal House, which was released in other countries as Delta House? I didn't know that. Oh, sorry. But but starring, what about Kevin Bacon or John Belushi, depending on who you want to cast? Oh, both, man. Just make them members of the Delta Force. Dude, I love Kevin Bacon. (laughs) Yeah. You just, you love Kevin Bacon? Yeah. Are you like a huge fan? Um, what's your favorite? My favorite Kevin Bacon movie? Yeah. 
Oh, man. Probably Tremors. I nice. love that movie. That's a good one, yeah. <laughs> it's so Would, good. Is a Tremor a submarine? No. It's a subterrain, right? Yeah, subterranean. Yeah, well. The Graboid? They're called Graboids in the movie. Why do they call... Oh, Tremors are what, how you feel them coming. Tremors the... Yeah, yeah. And then in the movie, like, they nickname them Graboids. I see. What about Billy Drago from Delta Force 2, Columbian Connection? And you're like, who is that? <laughs> all right, That's good. What I'm doing. I'm glad that you were. You're all just poorly misguided because Billy Drago is like from Tremors 4, The Legend Begins, Black Hand Kelly. I thought you were a big Tremors fan, man. <laughs> Tremors 1. <laughs> yeah, he said Kevin Bacon fan, not Tremors Kevin Bacon fan. left and I was done with him. <laughs> I'm looking he was at from this guy. I don't Cyborg even know who this guy is, Glass man. Shadow. Uh Jamie, pick anybody else. I'm looking there's at this guy. No, there's no literally idea what no this guy one else in. In, in Delta Force 2. I know Billy Drago is a name that I have heard. I guess Richard Jekyll. So we've seen Richard Jekyll in a movie. So Richard Jekyll is in one of the movies we've watched, I believe. All right. Billy Drago is in The Hills Have Eyes. Perfect. And The Untouchables. Richard Jekyll. What was he in? He was in something. Anyways, it's not important. You don't want to have Billy Drago anywhere close, anywhere close to this shit. And then what about uh, our boy, Ed Harris? Now, he was in a little horror film just called Delta. And in it, he was a math genius, right? But he discovers that actually the Delta sign, right, in his like math formula is actually a part of a big conspiracy theory um, being, you know, put forward by the government. And all of a sudden he's, he's trapped. He's like, he's got all this stuff. And they're like, you're, you're breaking our code, Mercury rising over there. And he's like, oh shit, no, I'm not. I didn't mean to. And they were like, you did. You worked on that Delta. And he's like, what? That Delta's, don't even worry about that one. That was just, that's like a sign. That's a mathematical sign. They're like, no, get out of here. No one even knows that shit. And then he has to go on the run, right? And he has to go in disguise. And so he decides, because he's like a math teacher and everyone's like, who's that math teacher over there in all those clothes? And he's like, oh, they'll never suspect that I wouldn't, that I would, I would take off my shirt and stuff. So then he's running around and he's got like ripped abs and they're like, I can't be a math teacher. Look at him. He's got those ripped abs. And that's how he like eludes the government for a long time. How much grease is involved in this movie? Well, I mean, just a normal amount. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just like a perfectly normal amount of grease for any self-respecting movie. So what about that? What about Ed Harris? Yeah, make him the hacker. Yeah, that's really? what I was thinking too. Can you imagine like <laughs> you put, you put, put a wig on him, make him like crazy. Like <laughs> okay, now you've convinced me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just say once you once you said wig, I'm like yeah, I want Ed Harrison wig <laughs> all the time because that's that's the thing that's great. Oh, it's pretty good. Yeah. <sighs> and then I'm just gonna keep for Phantom Zone. Engage the Phantom. Yeah. yeah, I gotta assume that's done. Uh, yeah, yep. <laughs> uh, so this one's pretty easy because we used, uh, we did Delta Force 2, or Operation Delta Force 2 Mayday uh, just a second ago. They share a whole bunch of people for this one, including Gavin Hood. He's in both Operation Delta Force 2 and Operation Delta Force 3. Now, I could go the one big circular way using uh, Greg Collins, but I won't. I'll just do the simple way. Go back to two, you know. Say what up to my boy, DeMarco, uh, and who was also in the Abyss. 
uh, favorite character ever, Lukash. And Lukash. Lukash. And uh, take him straight to the abyss and move, move that to Phantom. Because if I have an opportunity to go through Lukash, I'm going to do it. You absolutely should. Yeah. All right. I think it's time. It's, it's sub sub world wide. Okay. So in this movie, we were in wherever, South America for a decent amount Columbia. of Columbia. Yes. And we were there and there were cave fights plane fights, train fights, all kinds of stuff. But in the midst of all this insanity, we cut on over to a foreign land, a little place called Italy. So I haven't, I haven't done many Italian subs, and I figured, what the heck? I love Italian subs, eating them, but <laughs> why don't... <laughs> I think they're pretty darn good. But uh, why don't I go ahead and cover one? So I've got the Italian Sorrow class. And this thing, unfortunately, there's not a whole heck of a lot of great information. Interesting. But it's still an active sub. But there's just not as much online about this as I would have hoped. Uh, For all the specs that I'm going to pull from this, because there are different phases that these were built in. I'm just going to use the specs from World Submarines Covert Shores Recognition Guide by H.I. Sutton. So for the length, we've got 212 and a half feet, beam 22 and a half feet, engine, we have three Grandi Motori Trieste GMT diesel engines that generate 3,210 horsepower. And we have an electric engine that generates 3,650 horsepower. So, yes, it is a diesel electric. I did not mention that. On the surface, it will go 12 knots, submerged 19 knots. So these are kind of slower. It does hold 51 crew members, Hmm. uh, seven of which are officers. Oh, so what does that mean? That means 51 51 minus seven, 44 people to be crushed by torpedoes, right? Exactly. Okay. And they could be crushed by one of 12 torpedoes that it holds. Mm. Uh, It has six 21-inch torpedo tubes. It can hold 12 Whitehead A-184 torpedoes or 24 mines. Then I found some other information online from a website that we try to edit often that doesn't include all of these great movies that we watch, uh, Wikipedia. Mm. Uh, For test depth, it's rated at 300 meters has a range of 2,500 nautical miles at 12 knots. It's used mainly for anti-ship warfare and anti-shipping operations. Originally commissioned in 1979, with the last being commissioned in 1995, eight of these made in total. Four have been decommissioned, and there are four in active service right now. The ones in service are the sure I'm going to butcher this, so this is... Hold on, boys. Uh, Salvatore Pelosi, Giuliano Salvatore? Prini. Like the bad guy in this movie? Exactly. Whoa, they named a sub after him? They did. Whoa. Quite incredible. Uh, the Primo Longobardo. Nice. <laughs> I'm sure that's uh, not it at all. And the uh, this one, the uh, Gianfranco Gazzania... Priargaja. 
<laughs> wow. So, yeah. <laughs> Need to brush you, up uh, my Italian. I mean, you, you tried. I now, did. I tried. That information is so, so spectacular. This is the only submarine movie podcast where you're going to get that kind of information at. Tell your friends. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell everybody you know. You want to hear some guy... <laughs> Living in the Midwest United States, try to speak Italian. Go ahead, listen <laughs> to Submersion. It's really great. Uh, and so I can probably pronounce this one. The Nazario Soro is now a museum boat oh. in uh, Genoa. So, you know, that's really great. Genoa. There you go. Exactly. Um, I, can't, <laughs> I can't say. <laughs> but so what, what, what languages can you speak? <laughs> none, none exceptionally well, I'll say that. What about Canadian? A. A. Ooh, you want some Tim Hortons, eh? Isn't that a. what you always say? Oh, oh you want some Tim Hortons? Oh, let's get some, get some Tim bits. Oh, eh? Oh, hey. You got any guys in our hockey game on? Or what? Eh? Yeah. Huh? Nice. <laughs> there we go. Zach's shutting that down real quick, thank God. <laughs> so that's it for Subs Worldwide. So because um did anybody have any news we got news who's got news anybody there was got a news? big there was big news there was that big news i even saw it on new york times before anyone was even talking about it on our like normal submarine text thread what's the news well they remember that one you i think you sent out like a link to it too they found oh, a submarine a couple days ago? yeah yeah they found a submarine uh a lost submarine i guess there's been a there's you know a group out there trying to find pretty much all the ones that have been lost since world war 2 and they found one uh, I think it was off the coast of. Was that one off the coast of Japan? I can't recall actually exactly what it was. I think it was. I'm trying to find it in our group yeah. chat real quick. But found submarine. This is good podcasting, actually, right here where I Google. This is this. really good podcasting, <laughs> um, guys. Um, Navy submarine that went missing with 80 sailors aboard found 75 years later. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I found near the coast of Japan, um, giving some closure for the 80 sailors, presumably died aboard that vessel that day. Well, I guess I would say probably not presumably at this point because they found the submarine. Uh, but they were um, they were able to find that, yes, they confirmed that the USS Greyback, one of the most successful US submarines during the war, was discovered about uh, 50 nautical miles south of Okinawa. And so- is, Okinawa, it, is it fully intact? I, so they have a picture of it and stuff. So, yeah. So it looks like it's somewhat intact, yeah. All right. I mean, like, did it get hit by a torpedo? Uh, yeah. So it was struck by it – was, it was, it was, so it was broken almost in half. It was struck by a large bomb. Oh, okay. All so, right. But it's it's like you can see the hull and stuff like that. But, yes, it's not like um, – preserved it's like a trapped situation no 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 no. yeah so they're not surviving on there having produced several ger- generations of people slash mutants that, that would have been a crazy last 30 seconds though right um and so yeah i guess there's a guy tim 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 the Toolman taylor i guess he's been he's an <laughs> undersea explorer and he's been searching for different submarines using some of these latest uh these latest uh submarine or uh searching technologies that have come about lately dude how do we get into that line of work probably starts with moving out of the midwest i probably yeah i think it's probably you i think a lot of them are probably engineers of some sort maybe even uh ocean engineers which was like a major where i went to school so you could be like an ocean engineer and you produce you produce things for undersea exploration and stuff like that god and that be the life well, you, you could have went to school for it. So, 
we, we need to shut down one rumor though, real quick, because people are messaging us, people are talking to us on the streets. Kyle, I know you've heard this constantly. All the over time. In, over in California, there's a 48-year-old Russian Foxtrot-class submarine known as the Scorpion. Now, it's been there for the general public to visit for over 17 years. But breaking news came out that an anonymous buyer has come forward and they are purchasing that submarine. And we need to clear something up. Right, Kyle? I think we do. Right, Jamie? We do. I think, yeah, we got to clear that up. We got to clear the air. Everyone, rumors are swirling about who the mysterious buyer may be, or could it be buyers? Right. Yeah. Anonymous no longer. It was not us. No, it wasn't us. No, it wasn't. Nope. nope. Really jealous. They have not announced <sighs> how be... much or who, but um, it is being bought. And it's because, and I will read one line from this news story. And that's saying... <laughs> It the submarine fell into such disrepair that it became infested with raccoons and was closed <laughs> closed to the public in 2015. Could Can you imagine? Imagine, oh my could you god! Imagine being the guy to open up that submarine and it's infested with raccoons. Oh that man, is uh. I feel like an easy to solve solution. What are the raccoons even doing in there? What are they eating? Dude, it's in the water. Yeah, like how did they even? What? <laughs> Close it up tight. Those raccoons will die in a, in a couple of weeks. And then you just yeah, then you just. Like, I mean, at that point, yes, you do have to deal with all the raccoon carcasses. But I mean, I guess that, that's probably better. No. I just couldn't believe that it was just a bunch of infested with raccoons. It's Wait, wh- all right. So where is the sub located again? You know, this actually, I should right- revise my statement real quick. Uh, I'm not condoning uh, locking up a submarine and killing all the raccoons on it, <laughs> just to be clear. Jamie's on the record with that. No, I do yeah, not condone dude, no, that. We all, we all heard what you said, man. No, no, no. no <laughs> Everybody I, heard. I am fully, I'm fully on board with allowing raccoons to live on submarines. That's actually my official statement. This is all right. So this is in Long Beach, right outside of yeah, L.A. It's right next to the uh, the Where submarines. Where are these right raccoons next to the queen, at? I didn't the know there were raccoons in L.A. There's raccoons everywhere, Kyle. Oh, I but guess. It's just funny to think that. I mean, you know, you find one raccoon. I mean, you, okay, whatever. You find two raccoons are kind of a problem. <laughs> For this to say it was <laughs> no, infested, yes, yes. I'm Once, picturing like hundreds in this. What you're what you're forgetting I mean, you is just like go for a tour. There's like all these beady eyes. And you're like, holy shit, what's going on? <laughs> what you're bandits. Yeah, you're forgetting that one. Yes, rat, one raccoon, no problem. Two raccoons. You're just a couple steps away from an infestation. Ah. <laughs> uh. Oh my! Doesn't take word. long. See, yeah, raccoons. <laughs> I googled raccoon Los Angeles and like brought up like its own page, like <laughs> infested like with a, those. Like dude. it's I a wish... subspecies, I like the one that's barring its teeth. It's really like, great. Could you imagine, like they just open the hatch. Jesus Christ! Just shuts it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to There's a ton of raccoons in there. Yeah. We're like, yeah, my ass. Check it out. You start right. Start writing the Craigslist ad now, but. Try not to mention the raccoons. Yeah. <laughs> and there might be a case of infestation of raccoons, but don't worry. Steep discount. Yeah. <laughs> On well, Airbnb, stay in the submarine. If it's less, if it was offered less than $7,000, I 
I will, I potentially would get into that bidding war. <laughs> oh, that'd around. be great. Can you imagine? Oh my word. I did not think that that was going to be the state of disrepair, you know, right. Maybe you think, Oh, maybe there's water in the sub, not <laughs> raccoon infestation raccoon. or rats would make more sense. <laughs> <laughs> but raccoons, I mean, that's just great. Like yeah. what? Just use Jamie's uh, logic. Let's just lock it up and kill him. Hey, yeah. Hey, I did not. I, so I technically did Submersion say that. Submersion host Jamie said that. Yeah. Okay, so I technically did say that, but it was a more of a hypothetical for someone else to potentially have done. But I would have come along and said, "Hey, don't do that." That's in that scenario. Submersion. Right? Submersion does not condone that behavior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, we do not. All right. I right. mean, on to the last part. I think we are. Let's hit it. Do it. Zach Facts, it's Zach Facts. When you're going down, get some Zach Facts. When you're going down. There we go. All right. Guessing it's done. Yes. <laughs> Each time, Kyle keeps cutting out. All right. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hardcore. <laughs> Operation Delta Force 3, Zach Facts. Got three facts tonight. Nice. That's more, more facts one. than I had. Not more real facts than I had. Oh. Fact number one. The film had over 100 satellites made. However, all but one were lost in space. Hence the name Iris One. Nice. That's really great. Wow. That's a good That's one. where the entire budget for this movie went. Mm-hmm. So they named it after they launched it? They were like, yes. oh, there we go. First one. Iris One. Can't wait to get Iris Two up there. <laughs> and they launch it and they don't like have it figured out correctly and just goes out of orbit. <laughs> now you might Damn think it. they lost 99 satellites, right? You could just write that off. Oh, that's but true. Fact number two comes in Operation Delta Force 6. Gentlemen, it's in development <gasps> where the 99 missing satellites come back to Earth. As they have collided with one another, creating an unstoppable killing machine of an asteroid of satellites that the world must band together with the United States leading the charge to destroy this asteroid. On, and it's it's on the edge of your seat, nonstop action. Whoa. <laughs> Sounds like a movie that uh, two of the actors from this movie might have been in a little bit. Now, where is the submarine going to come in, though? Dude, this is Operation Delta Force 6, Space Force, right? I mean, it's um, definitely a space, it's obviously a space movie. I'm just wondering how we're going to get it into the, into this podcast. It's <laughs> the a question. Fir- the first thing <laughs> that they send up, they'd have to send some test guys up there to uh, see what they can do on the satellite. And it's just <laughs> a spaceship filled with the raccoons from the sub. <laughs> it's launching in space. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> Last fact. Just keep looking at these screaming or these really pissed off raccoons online right now. 
Fact number three, and the last fact of this beautiful podcast, Nickelodeon came out with their own movie called Operation Delta Horse, featuring a comical horse named Billy getting into some wacky situations, and the only way out is through the power of love of the tiny ponies, featuring their friend Dillard the Rat. (laughs) Wow. Dillard? That sounds like a... Hell of a show, man. <laughs> there you go. That's the facts. And I, I guess Operation the one question Delta I just Wars. have is, where are the raccoons coming from in this case? How are they fitting into this whole scenario? Uh, <laughs> Kyle, that picture you just sent. <laughs> <laughs> it's just smiling. <laughs> oh, it is a good picture. Good podcasting. That's going to be my really next gaming pod. name is Submarine Raccoon. <laughs> Good podcast. Good podcast. Pictures. This is this is really good, guys. Thank you for listening to Submersion. Be sure to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating wherever you listen. Wanna interact with us? Follow Mac East Studios on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.